culture, art, design, fashion, fragrance, interior design, everything. Um, I decided long ago not to put myself in any boxes. I don't like the idea of a box. Um, I'm not Houdini, so what's the point of having one, right? So excited for this Portfolio Career podcast with Jerome Lamar. As you just heard, Jerome is a creator and creative across so many sectors. He started working at Baby Fat when he was 15. He's been on the cover of New York Times. He's designed clothes for Beyonce and collaborates with leading brands like Google, Pixel, and Lyft. Please check out Jerome on Instagram at Jerome Lamar. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. You're going to love this episode to build and grow your portfolio career. So here we go with Jerome. Uh, cool. Uh, welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Nabinski, is here with the one and only Jerome Lamar. Thank you for having me. Great to be here in South Bronx, Jerome. So, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw the sign outside. So if we were to go to an event tonight, Jerome, how do you typically uh, introduce yourself? I am usually introduced by other people, which is the funny part, but they call me the style monk. My career is based off futurism and how does it play into lifestyle in a, in a new way. So, yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It's like a weird, like gray area that no one's looking at. So it's cool. And want to maybe share a little bit more about kind of some of those ideas that you're exploring yeah um how would beauty be explored you know we are changing from let's say gamma rays we need well we're going to have more gamma rays coming in past uv how does technology play out um as far as the way we wear it and interact with it what does it look like you know we won't always carry phones there will be something that's going to come after that's going to make us just live differently like the watch that is so far as what they're talking about but there's a step past that you know what colors that we're going to be surrounding ourselves with right now everyone's talking about millennial pink which we were talking about 10 years ago but now it's popular now um, because the millennials start to come of age about 10 years ago i'm one of them and things like that so my career spanned from the age of 15 uh, where i worked for baby fad and fat farm which is coming back which is funny uh, it's a little now. We're around 33. So I've gained quite a lot of experience in my own right. And for those that maybe are not as familiar with Baby Fat. Yes, um, of course. It, maybe, I think it's uh, fascinating. <laughs> you started working at 15 for such a prestigious organization and stuff. So maybe talk about how you started that, that role. For sure. So I was an honor student at Art and Design High School. And this teacher came to me in the middle of the hallway and suggested that I take on this internship program for honor students. And this is a step past that, but I'll tell you after the story. And I went to this program. I met a bunch of amazing, brilliant kids like myself. They were all slightly older. Seniors, I was about, I was a freshman, sophomore, freshman actually, and met tons of amazing people. We had to have a portfolio we had to present ourselves to these executives that we didn't know what brands they were representing and basically present ourselves as a brand. This is back in the year 2000. So it's like totally a different world, yeah. right? Yeah. It was like weird. And I was just myself. And ironically, this Asian couple, one Asian guy was sitting in the seat, an Asian woman was sitting on the floor and um, I didn't know who they were at the time. Later on, the Asian girl 
who became a woman, uh, walked around and basically discovered my portfolio. Uh, that woman was Christina Lee, who basically gave me my first job at Baby Fat, who was Kimura's right-hand woman. Uh, the company at the time was extremely small, and it expanded. Um, and I expanded with it as far as like my knowledge, my, my abilities, my understanding of corporate life, and streetwear. So as I grew, the company grew, and the company kept growing, and my career grew as well alongside it. So... The magical part of it, because my world is surrounded by magic. <laughs> I don't know if I ever, did I ever tell you the story? I don't think so. Okay, a lot of people are kind of familiar with it, but I'm going to break it down. So before that happened, before all of this happened, my mom came home one day with a t-shirt that had a cat on it that said baby fat. And I was... Not impressed by it, but I thought it was interesting because my mom was interested in it. And she explained to me that it was Kamorley Simmons, who was Russell Simmons at the time, wife. Um, and she started a female version of Fat Farm. I was so into it because my mom was into it, right? And I was like, ooh, female streetwear. And I started doing my research and like discovering what and who Kamorley Simmons was. And then I started to have visions of me actually working there. And so I decided to take it upon myself and call Baby Fat every day for a job. And you were 15. I was actually 15 years old. At the time, I was working at a a place called Kifu, which is my first retail, my first job ever. They hired me on the spot because I was like energetic in the Bronx, like just not normal, right? I was the first male cashier there ever. My mom actually was, uh, that was her first job as well. So she suggested I went and get a job there. I'm telling you this for a reason. So I got the job and I took it because I needed money for the summer. And what was so funny about it was I knew I wasn't going to be there long because I kept saying to everyone, oh, this is temporary. I'm going to work for baby fat. So you guys can come to my line. It's awesome, but I'm not going to be here in like a month. I kept saying it so sure of myself and what was so magical about it was it happened within a month or two of yeah and that is the time when I got scooped in the hallway in high school and met Christina Lee at the uh, program who hired me as her intern to work for baby fat 15 and then and that was when I realized something was happening within my brain when I wanted something there's something that triggers ability to manifest things and i've been doing it ever since all facts so like there's everything that you see every milestone in my life every small minute thing within it as well has been manifested i call it dreaming with a j but this idea of pulling what you need or what you want towards you not just by will but also by action um because i wasn't just sitting there waiting for baby fat to discover me i knew what i could bring to the table and I apply that same concept to every single thing I do in my life, in my career, and across the board. And for those that have lofty ambitions like that, do you, do you think it's best to publicly express that to say, I want to work for this person, I want to launch this? Yeah, I think when you put it out there, someone's going to hear it, right? So I just knew it's the knowing part. If do you really want to work for this company? Because it's a lot of hard work. Do you really want to produce something for that company? 
it takes work. You not just you can't just wish it and want it to come to you. You have to be prepared to put the work in. The work ethic is like part of my personality, right? Mm-hmm. I wake up at four thirty a.m. every day since I was since I can remember. There wasn't a day that I didn't. Even when I travel, I wake up at four thirty a.m. on that time, which is weird. Um, sometimes it takes like a day to adjust and then I'm at 4.30 in the morning, you know, LA's the worst because everyone's sleeping, you know? So I, something in my brain and my body and in my upbringing has allowed me to become the person that I am today. And I am very grateful for it because not many people have it. And I tend to um, not really uh, be able to fit in. I never was a guy who fit in. I was always the leader of the crew, you know? It was like weird. Like I just didn't care if you were my friend or not. I was already popular and I had great grades and I was really smart and witty and sharp and well-dressed and funny. And so I didn't care if you liked me or not. I just knew I liked myself and my family, you know, so I cared about, you know, it's like I would never hang out with friends. I would just go home, see you later, going home or going to my internship. It never affected me. And I'm the same way now. Mm-hmm. Empty loft space, just me working. Right? It's just how I like to be. And... I, I want to go into the store, mm-hmm. um, you know, nearby here in, in the Bronx. Before we go there, I would also like to talk about how you say. Well, you know the store is closed. But but oh, but, yeah, but okay. what the store? But, like, what store representing? Exactly. Sorry, but yeah, yeah. the fact how you're like I'm just me, and I was listening to a, a recent conversation you had in terms of walk into corporate environments and yes. you know the the creative consultant that is Jerome Lamar is embraced and yeah. and uh, so maybe talk about that and in, into the you know for people that are you know hesitant to bring them full selves into whatever kind of business environments that they are that they're a little intimidated about absolutely i think my sense of self is what allows me to be myself inside of any environment that i am in um whether it's a tough environment of you know in the hood you know on the basketball court or whatever it is i know what i can bring to the table i know my abilities so when i'm in the corporate office of Google or Procter and Gamble. I just bring what they don't want another cookie cutter interpretation of what they think a person like myself could bring to the table. They want me, right? You know, people have no idea, but I am a fanatic for physics. You know what I'm saying? Like, but because I'm I'm well dressed and I'm like happy go lucky and I'm like colorful and I wear what I want, there is something else that is discovered along the way when speaking to me, is what I discovered when I was younger. I was like, wow, people actually like me because I'm a nerd, like I'm like a geek, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't know, it's like a weird thing. And I think there's a lot of us out there who are just, is, you know, there's a, something past the surface that people are discovering slowly, right? I just happen to have a, a step forward sooner. For those people who want to move into that environment and be and learn to be themselves, take some time to understand who you are, right? You can't just jump into an environment and think that you're going to thrive in it. No, because you can't be like Tom, Dick, and Harry. You have to be yourself. They hired you for this reason. They love your work. Show your work. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it because I've always been very strong-minded. Um, years ago, my mom, this is funny, my mom said that my grandmother told her when she was younger, funny, right, um, that it's when they're not talking about you is when you need to worry about it. 
in a, in a sense, it's kind of saying all press is good press, whether it's, you know, negative. How do you see yourself in this environment? Do you know yourself enough to just kind of work through all of that? That kind of idea of saying, okay, I know my work ethics to par. I'm in before everyone else. I am multi-talented because I can paint, I can sew, I can draw, I can bead. I can, you know, I can do all these things. I can do public speaking, but I am also good with like formulas. And I also understand how patterns work. I can, I see in patterns. That's just like the thing, which is why trends became my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. What can you bring to the table, whether it is a negative thing or a positive thing? those things have to be interpreted in your own eye. Uh, so that's what, you know, I, I took that as a kid and was like, oh, okay, well, whether I'm an asshole or not, <laughs> you know, people are going to like me whether, you know, whether I, you know, I'm a good person. But, you know, if, but if I'm an asshole, like, they're still going to like me because I have something to bring to the table, you know, and I'm not an asshole, so. <laughs> clearly not, clearly not. But your, but your differentiated view, your point of view. Yeah, you bring to the table. have a have a statement, have a point of view, have something to say. You can't sit at the table and just twiddle your thumbs and go and be a yes man or a sycophant. Like no one wants to, no one needs that. They want to know different perspectives. I think, and I'm the first one to say that looks like crap or that's not going to work or maybe you should rethink that. You know, I'm the first person, if it doesn't make sense to me, if it's not calculating quickly in my brain or I don't see the pattern, then I'm going to voice it because I need to be able to see the end result, mm-hmm. which is part of the vision and the concepts and all the ideas that I come up with. I, if I can see the end result or a person wearing it or it's sitting somewhere or you know, the in-betweens don't really matter. It's really, okay, we started this. Now what's the end result? Do we see people actually wearing it? Is someone picking up this garment or is this the color that we think is going to work two years in advance? Because it's all like 18 months, 24 months in advance. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and being trained for what, 11 plus years, I guess I'm still learning, right? That's what I bring to the table. You know, the trend world is, was really small when I first started because I left baby fat. I did... A company I worked for a company called Ralph Rucci, which was the only American couturier, which is crazy. They couldn't even afford me <laughs> just from leaving, you know, hip hop fashion to go to couture, and, and it's just different worlds. But I learned to bead and use my hands differently than what I was doing with pointing, showing, and directing. But and then I went to Paris and learning the formulas and understanding patterns and methods and the way that things flow was one of the best things ever because I already understood it, but to be trained properly to understand and see it changed everything. And no one looked like me at the time, so. Changed everything. Yeah, very grateful for it. But it's all from instincts. I knew when it was time for me to leave baby fat because I was becoming miserable. Um, I knew it was time for me to, you know, move on from the couture spot because I was not, I felt like I was already outgrowing it. I knew, you know, it's like this knowing that I trust. And I trust, it's like uh, Christina Aguilera has a song called The Voice Within. You know, it's funny because I used to play that as a kid and now looking back, it is so significant to who I am today because I trust my instinct before I listen to anyone else. How do I feel? How do I see the outcome? What is it telling me? You know, so, yeah. And it's, it's a confidence that I think you develop over time by seeing, oh, that was the outcome? Cool. Oh, you know, and when you see the, the pops of everything, you go, wow, I'm glad I did that. 
you know, and trusting yourself. And so I, I think you have partnerships with Google Pixel and mm-hmm. Lyft and stuff. So for people that are trying to, let's say, have a little bit of a following mm-hmm. or, you know, are building some credibility and community, what are some ways that people then can take that and, and partner with such leading firms like you have? Mine, this is really interesting. Uh, it, <laughs> um, I think what people, what brands are discovering more and more is the authenticity. They can tell you're full of shit. They know, and these people are not old people. They're young and they're my peers and millennials. They're, you know, they get it. They're not going to sit and pretend like if they don't, if they like you, they're not going to sit and pretend they do or they don't. Or, you know, they're, they're, they will understand how you can change or add to the situation the moment they meet you. So authenticity, it doesn't even have to be about like followers per se, but I think the authenticity is what makes it work. I will never talk about like cigarettes. Who wants to see that from me? Um, I don't even talk about politics on my page. Because I'm honestly, we're already screwed. I'm not interested in that. I want people to kind of evolve on their own right and kind of move in their own universe. And so people come to me for inspiration and aspiration and and style tips and color. And that's the authenticity that I think brands want now. They don't need a cute face anymore. They don't need, you know, people with a bunch of followers and they look amazing. They want people who have a character, who has a something to them, I believe. And that they're just moving forward at their own pace. I think that's what is happening now. The shift of this crazy term called influencer. You know, and before that it was the bloggers. And before that it was, you know, quote unquote, tastemakers. It's funny, it's the same thing. It's just now it's transformed into an influencer. And and would you say advice is to be a little bit more proactive? Yeah. I mean, if you feel the brand resonates with who you are and your lifestyle and what you're creating, reach out to them. A DM is only a DM. Like if they can say no, they can read it, they can respond. But also LinkedIn is an amazing resource. Use it. Like I'm used to, I'm good at prospecting, um, which is what the trend world gave me. You know, that idea of, okay, this person is not who I need. But if I'm smart enough, I can research and discover who is above them to get what I need faster. Um, and then it goes all the way. See, this, everything in my life connects, right? So that idea came from working at Baby Fat. Mm. I was told no is not an answer. Figure it out. So I could never go back and say, they said no. <laughs> they said no. Okay, give me a real answer because that's not an answer. That's just a no. So I don't accept no's. There's always a a way around it. So that moved into the trend world when I was like, okay, clients. Hmm. This person does HR, don't need them. This person does da-da-da-da, marketing. Hmm. Who is the director of consumer goods or and then I'll find them and then I'll hit them directly, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a puzzle, but the puzzle works. (laughs) The puzzle puzzle tells the story when it's all put together. So I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And would you say, you know, not wanting to fit in the box? um, I think you recently talked about wanting to get into pottery and and also working on a book and stuff. stuff. Do you think, is that a focus on, you know, continuing to learn or is that just wanting to explore more creativity and, I think once you stop learning, you die. Um, I love the idea of uh, elevating your skill set, right? So 
years ago, I took uh, silversmithing because I was like, oh, I want to do jewelry. Didn't last long, but now I know how to cast and work with metals and alloys and you know what I'm saying so that's it me I know if I ever had to pick up something and you know do any soldering I can do it like with any with no worries pottery was something that made me zen out like I realized it calmed me down in a way that makes me extremely uh, tap into flow I should say like I just create naturally and I didn't realize I was really good at it until the teacher was like you're good at this and I'm like I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just letting it do it for me. Um, all of these things, going back into illustrating, all these things are to make me stronger, to keep uh, the idea of growth and, and transformation, because I like to change, like I was saying before. I just love this idea of that. And writing a book about how it all worked, for me, it's just my perspective. There's never been an African-American, Afro-Cuban, whatever you want to call me, from the Bronx with my upbringing and my understanding of hip-hop and culture and color and texture. You know, it's my own perspective. Um, and spirituality, because I'm extremely spiritual. You know, and I think what I'm bringing to the table is not necessary for, you know, a person growing up in the suburbs or extremely wealthy is for the culture that has been overlooked or forgotten to say like this is a possibility open your eyes to see things differently uh, don't think too much about the negative things focus on what it is that you actually want what are the steps to get there what are the things you need to do and don't back down until you get it uh, and so that led to this idea of proving that there's something to offer to the to the world allowed me to open up my store in the South Bronx, which was when I first opened, nobody came to the Bronx. It was a place you go through, never to. And now it's, you know, it led to me getting the cover of the New York Times again, but it, it allowed the world to discover the Bronx in a different way. Um, the store, because I was, I've, you know, I've worked in different countries, Japan, Paris, da, 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 and just wanted to bring something home that represented me and my point of view of the Bronx. Um, not just the b-boy in and the graffiti. My perspective of the Bronx has always been greener. It's always been more luxury. It's been, it's been spacious. It's been, you know, it's just a different angle that people have never understood. And I created the term South Bronx Lux to explain, yeah, I'm from the ghetto and I have created a lifestyle for myself using my abilities and my skill set and my understanding of self and this is what it is now and i've opened the store 9j in 2016 it was supposed to be for six months and it lasted for two and a half years it, that was not a plan but because i got the backyard remix by like hgtv and like all these amazing sponsors started flowing in and and that was all from my prospecting days as a trend person right so it all kind of came together full circle for me to do this accordingly I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. and, and then that's what also um, then led to working and designing clothes for Beyonce. So Beyonce was actually the, I started my brand in 2013. <laughs> this is a whole nother story, right? I didn't really get it out. When I started my brand, no one understood what luxury streetwear was. There was no Off-White. There was no Yeezy. There was none of those brands that people are wearing now. This is like how everyone's dressing now. When I first started and I went to Vogue and all these other amazing places, they couldn't understand it. 
you know, to show denim and to show streetwear, but with amazing tailoring because of my fusion of my background, baby fat and couture with Ralph Rucci. Of course, amazing. You know, um, I thought it made sense for people at that time, but it was too early. But it did start a new conversation, one that never has been had before, because they always said called streetwear. It was called urban. It was called urban wear. Baby fat was urban wear. Considered that, and. I kept saying, no, it's premium streetwear. For my, for my brand, it was called 531 Jerome. Uh, it was called premium streetwear. It was luxury streetwear. They couldn't comprehend it. So buyers loved me. Editors liked me. Celebrities liked me. But they didn't care much because I didn't have a lot of celebrity support. So the second season is when I decided to kind of give up. I was like, I'm going to just stop. I said, maybe my vision is not right. But I kept saying... Beyonce is the perfect person for my brand. But how I'm going to get to her, I don't know. So I hit her stylist up and said, I'm getting rid of these pieces. I'm going to just drop them off to you guys. You do what you want. Next day, she wore it to the Billboard's Women's Brunch, which is the same day as Taylor Swift's birthday party. She wore it the next day. And my phone was going crazy because I didn't understand. I was working. I didn't understand. Like I was like, what's calling me? Like, who's calling me? And it was on the anniversary of her album that she surprised everyone with. That was like the beginning and the new model of the music industry, like the surprise album. So that was the end of one year anniversary of it as well. So she wore it that morning and then she wore it again for night. And you don't, that never happens with anyone, anyone. But I knew she would like the, the pieces. And then the same people that I was reaching out to, they weren't responding back to me before. The stores that wasn't acknowledging me because I wanted to be in the store to be to be a designer, you have to be selling in a store, right? That's what they want from you. Um, and those same people were hitting me back, and I was turning them down. This is 2013, 2014, whatever that year was. And um, what was interesting was there were other people hitting me up too, people from all over the world, asking where can they buy this jacket. And so I discovered. And realize at that moment that there's a direct-to-consumer model that I can create using my social media platform. And that was before all the stuff has happened. And so I was selling goods, all the stuff I made, selling direct-to-consumer from people DMing me on Instagram <laughs> from all over the world. And send them like a Shopify. Make a jacket. Yeah, I didn't even Shopify. Didn't even use Shopify because you lose money that way. Literally saying, this is how much the piece costs. I don't make many of them. This is the price. This is where, like, I'm going to charge you for shipping. I'm not still in the store, but I will send it to you. And we did it. And it's been a model for a long time. Until recently. <laughs> so it's kind of magical because I became self-funded because I was rejected. Um, and I'm grateful for it because I would have given up otherwise. But it allowed me to you know, reintroduce myself. And the next year, I mean, I kept saying I wanted to go to Dubai the following season, uh, the third season. And so I made the collection. It's somewhat magical. I made the collection represent the desert in this kind of hypnotic way. And I made a whole music soundtrack. And it was great. Worked with a producer. And, like, we changed the way people looked. Like, the, the girls looked and made them very polished and clean and high-end. And we got to Dubai. <laughs> It was like, it's like this, boom, you want it, you get it. You want it, you want it. So, and I remember, and I remember saying like, I want this, I, w I wish we can go to Dubai and show. I wish. 
are you interested in I didn't reach out to anyone this time. Are you interested in like showing in Dubai? I was like, yeah. She was like, you'd be like the first black designer like from America to like penetrate. Did it? Lincoln flew us out there. Lincoln cars flew myself and my fiance out there to show, um, and it was just me and him, and uh, it was a success because we sold those dresses, those samples, off the runway. So we left there with a lot more money than we even expected to have. And it was the same thing. I'm only making one of these. I'm not interested, because I'm not, in my mind, I'm not a designer. You know, I can design. I'm not an illustrator, I'm a creative. So if it's in front of me and I think it has something worth my energy, it could be manifested. So at the time, the, the conversation was there were no black designers. So I was like, hmm, I wanna be a designer. I didn't wanna be called a black designer, because I'm like, that's not fair. Why we have to be, why it has to be a race in front of the term like why i just was saying to myself i'm a global individual i understand everything in a very global universal way why do i have to just be a black designer and um dubai proved that me being the first out there it it also seems like drum you you kind of hinted at like you're about to not give up mm-hmm. but you were about to just at least put a bow on these, these styles and then, but give it to the right people where, you know, yeah. opportunity could Trust happen. Trust my instincts. Cause I was just like, you know what? I have this access. And it was when she, Beyonce had just released 7-Eleven, that song 7-Eleven. It's funny. I was like, how come you guys aren't wearing one of my sweatshirts? Cause she wore sweatshirts the whole time in that video. And, and the stylist, Zarina actually responded and said, we don't need sweatshirts, baby. We need looks. And I was like, here are some samples. Don't know if she likes it, but enjoy them. And then that's when it started. You know, like trusting my instincts to just be brave enough to send a message to people or an email. And sometimes people won't respond, but they eventually do when they see everyone else doing it. And this is the problem I think we have with society and like the world at large. Like everyone wants to copy instead of allowing, instead of, discovering newness it's like a annoying thing that i ha- i get annoyed so quickly there needs to be momentum and then they come back to you but yeah if, like, and there then needs to be social by the time proof, you come yeah. back i'm totally turned off by you i'm not even going to acknowledge you and that's what's and so it's this thing of saying you have to it's the sameness that needs to die like i don't need to be like anyone else why do i have to fit into a box why do i have to look like someone else why do i have to act like someone else why do i have to create like someone else why can't we just be who we are and produce authentically, you know? And I think my life is showing that. Like, listen, I don't want to sit at your desk. I don't want to sit there because I don't, I'm not going to create anything. I'm just going to sit there and twiddle my thumbs and be upset and, and complain and talk crap. I'm not going to produce anything. I need freedom. I need to sit outside for an hour and sketch. I need to, you know, um, be elsewhere, not here. Let me have the freedom to be myself and produce differently. So I think, um, and it's interesting because I have a niece now. She's two, but she's extremely advanced. She's at like, uh, she's two years old, but she's reading and writing at a fourth, a four-year-old level uh, because I was very aggressive. <laughs> she's like my, she's like my daughter, right, in my mind. But I want her to excel, and I want her to be you know, extremely diverse and understand that it's okay to be who you are, you know? And I'm, I think I'm here so she can understand that. 
it's just we are all con trying to conform to something that doesn't really work, right? Um, and that's why I want her to understand, like, it's okay to do whatever it is you want to do, be whoever it is you want to be, just as long as you're contributing beauty or newness to the world. So whatever that's going to be for her, she'll figure it out, <laughs> you know? We'll have to catch up. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's cool. Wow. You know, you just don't understand. You just go, wow, good job. Mm. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of, Oh, you built that? Awesome. What is it? <laughs> How does it work? You know? So I can see it because she's already doing things that she's, you know, that's a whole nother level. You know, she's already at like, people think she's like four years old. She's only two, you know? Sharp. All right, Jerome. So much more to talk about. I know. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to, to share and then after that uh, please let us know how people can can follow up and support um, your wonderful efforts thank you um, I think the last thing is to put effort into everything you do there has to be intention into everything you do don't just do it to do it I think when you have good intentions great things come out of it so do everything with intention you can find me on Instagram mainly with my name, Jerome Lamar, or you can go on my website, which I'm going to start updating with this podcast and others. And um, it's just just my name, JeromeLamar.com. And yeah, those are the best things to find me on and I'm around. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jerome. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to another Portfolio Career podcast episode. Your interest and support means so much to me. If you want to learn more and subscribe to my monthly newsletter, please head over to PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can also email me at davidnabinsky at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.